Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 29, Hot Jorts. We're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay. We still love you. Good morning, Robot. Good morning. What are we talking about today? This episode is about performance cycling wear, by which I mean the clothing you like to perform in. I don't mean, you know, that like you're achieving peak performance in the things that you're wearing, but you're just out there performing. And what are you wearing while you're performing? It's funny. I just realized I asked you that sort of rhetorically because this is only the second episode I've come up with the idea for. Oh, yeah. So uh, not only this, <laughs> this I have is, to explain it back to you. <laughs> this is the second episode I've come up with an idea for as well as the would you rather. So like, oh, yeah, yeah except I've only done one. Technically, I've only done one. Would you rather? Because the other one I stole from Chuck Falanick. Uh, so. But I think I, I think the would you rather is your idea. I think fundamentally bringing that to the podcast is your no. idea. <laughs> that, was your, that was your idea too. I really don't well, bring anything to this relationship <laughs> at all. Oh my goodness. Uh, your box office, like British say, your box office, man. Uh, all right, before we, before we blaze right past it again this week, let's do the music pick. Oh, right. Music pick. Go for it. Because you didn't pick one, did you? No, I do. I did last oh, week. Oh, you have mm-hmm. one? Yep. <clears throat> okay, my music pick of the week, I'm getting in the Wayback Machine. I'm going to pick No Means No, uh, who are a Canadian band from the late 80s and early 90s. Shocker. Uh, who played the, uh, very weird punk rock music, I would say. It's almost like they were, punk jazz, like punk free jazz. It's so chaotic yeah. and it's so all over the place that you can't imagine it, it's purposeful. It's or be, I rather, don't know how you write songs yeah, like that. And that, but then they do, and they do the exact same thing again and again, yeah. and they can pick up. It. I mean, they were like it was like a weird, uh, highly operational machine. Yes. Very precise, like it was chaotic, but also very precise at the same time. Yeah. Um, very dark, funny lyrics. Uh, I would recommend the record Small Parts, Isolated and Destroyed. Okay. I don't remember. I had a guy, a guy who I went to college with. Uh, his housemate worked for SST, and he would bring in all kinds of stuff. And I learned about them through him. 
uh, what's that? Two lips, two lungs, one tongue. Something like that. Yeah. That Great might band. Been and it, I'm picking them because I think most people, a lot of people went like overlooked them at the time. Yeah. And still a little probably bit, continue to. That's correct. Yeah. They were weird even for weird music, but also really good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's good. Uh, my pick is uh, a band called The Vicious. Uh, they are another Scandinavian band because everything that comes out of Scandinavia is brilliant. Uh, I don't know much about them other than I believe Sarah is her name. Uh, she was in the International Noise Conspiracy with Dennis uh, of The Refused, among many other bands. Uh, she is in The Vicious. And, you know, it's just like jangly good shit. It's uh, catchy. And it's driving and it's uh, hook laden. And uh, I love them. Good for a road trip or to make love to. Mm, maybe. I mean, what do I know about that? Good to make love to with someone you don't like. I, no, I don't know. That's not, that's not a category. That's not a category of music. <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're, yeah, the vicious. I don't remember how they crossed my radar. It's just one of those things. It's the, the family tree. Um, yes. You know, you start going down the rabbit hole of, um, of bands you like and bands that your members, where, where those members went and other bands that share those members or record labels or producers or, you know, and it just, yeah, it just is, turns into this gigantic spider web. And then you it's like suddenly, a QAnon situation. you're finding all of these, finding out about all of these bands who share personnel. And then you have a whole bunch of favorite new bands. So the vicious is my pick for this week. Love it. Uh, we're going to talk about tech clothing, technical clothing, cycling clothing. Right. What this means to us. Uh, anymore, personally, I just buy clothes. Buy clothes drive me nuts. I don't like them, but I need them. And I used to joke about when I rode a road bike a lot. I remember I'd see friends who were not cyclists and they would laugh at me and make fun of me and my <clears throat> response was always that I'm not wearing this because I think it looks good. I think bike clothing looks terrible. It just looks, you know, traditional Lycra shorts and Jersey looks super dumb. It looks fine for me because I'm looking at it, you know, through the parameter of, of bike riding and, and you know, what I'm familiar with, but for an outside observer, you look ridiculous. And do you ever pull up to a light <clears throat> in a car and a cyclist rolls up and like clips out and puts their foot down. And yeah. you think to yourself, I understand why they hate us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you ever think that? Yeah. Cause I do every time. Oh, it's just absurd. Oh, so the thing I used to tell these friends of mine, I'd say like, this is, this is function well over fashion. Like I'm not wearing this because I think it looks good. I'm wearing this because I can't ride 75 miles in boxer shorts and a cutoffs, you know, like it just, yeah. I just, my, I can't do, it. I can't wear regular, I can't wear regular clothes. Um, so I think anymore these days, I don't know when I was reflecting on this conversation before we started having it, I was thinking back to, uh, 
long time ago, there was a single speed mountain bike race series in Northern California called the Krusty Cruiser Cup. And I remember looking across this little group of people and I saw Farron, Mike Farentino and he was wearing bibs. And this is probably 95, I guess. And I didn't have any bibs. And I looked at him and I thought that makes a lot of sense to me. <clears throat> and it looked kind of cool. Just, I don't know, because it looks like you got suspenders on sort of. And, uh, and so I'm all for bibs. Um, but anymore, I, you know, I usually wear a pair of baggies or a pair of cutoffs. If yeah. I'm on a road ride, air quote road ride, I'll wear cutoffs over bibs because they mm-hmm. give, I have pockets and I can put things in my pockets. What, what do you wear on top in that scenario? Uh, if it's a warm day, like if it's a nice day, cause I'm going to sweat my Jersey up, whatever, you know, there's the whole, there's wicking properties and then you got to, sure. you don't want to wear a soggy t-shirt for no six hours, right. especially not when it gets cold. Uh, so I'll wear a, you know, sometimes I'll wear a bike Jersey, a Lycra bike Jersey, but if it's a warm day, I'll wear, uh, I'm a big fan of a sleeveless cowboy shirt. Yeah. Or maybe even a, like a sleeveless shirt underneath a sleeveless cowboy shirt. So just so I'm like, <coughs> I can like, you know, walk into a grocery store and feel normal buying snacks. You, uh, notoriously, notoriously, you, yeah. um, you don't like sleeves. No, I mean, yeah, and I don't, and I haven't for a long time. And, uh, now I'm kind of paying for it because I have gotten oh, yeah. two pretty substantial uh, cancers cut off of my right arm. <clears throat> and now currently I am doing a sort of topical chemotherapy, which kills precancerous stuff. And my arms are just covered, covered in precancerous stuff. I mean, I suppose anybody who spends time in the sun probably has some degree of precancer, but because I've already had two biggies cut off of me. I have to be extra vigilant. Uh, but now I just look like I have um, a mange on my arms <laughs> until it heals up. And, and, and to be clear, we're not sure you don't. No, I know I don't have. I'm, oh, you yeah, don't I have haven't, mange. Okay. You have to be you have to be loving up on like dirty dogs or something to get mange, I think. And I have been doing none of that. I'm I'm doing that every day. I make love. I, that's the wrong word. That's your. I, yeah. Django. Django, my dirty, dog is dirty. Django, he's fucking gross. Have you given him he, probiotics? Oh yeah, to make his breath better. Does it work? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to know where Django puts his mouth yeah. because he licks my face a lot, and I, I'm one of those dog owners who, uh, it's so gross, but I just don't care. Yeah. Um, I do care, but I don't like in the moment. He's like you know, really giving me, giving it to me like a, a Randy Frenchman. And I'm like, oh, I love you so much. You disgusting. Oh, it's so gross. But it's like that. It's like, if you get something really terrible on your finger and you're like, Oh, yeah. that's gross. But, but also he's your, he's your baby. You know, I think about, I don't remember yeah. who it was, but I remember seeing somebody, I blocked it out of my mind because I am just so appalled at the idea of what I of of what I just saw. But it was a friend of mine who was a new father 
and the kid had a bunch of snot coming oh. out of its nose yeah. and he wiped it off with his finger and put it in his mouth. No, I, he yeah, didn't. I mean, essentially this kid is you, it's a little you and, and like all of the secretions and all of the slobber and all the grossness, you are just owning it because you are one thing, you know, whatever. Agree like, to disagree. I <laughs> hated that. And I haven't even thought of that until right now, but you know, a lot of people are just like, yeah, whatever. I I let my dog eat peanut butter out of my mouth or whatever. And in a million years, I would never let your dog eat peanut butter out of my mouth. But no, my animals or if I had a kid and I would probably have an entirely different relationship with their with their grossness. That's all I'm saying. I have two kids. I never put their snot in my mouth. That's gross. It's really it's, it's really so gross. gross. And now I'm going to stew about this and try to remember who it was. I was just I was just appalled. I was just appalled. Oh, hey, it's story time with Steve. About three years ago, Shimano tapped me to join a group of people they were calling the Gravel Alliance. Essentially, this was a group of people who were going to ride and test the GRX Gravel Group. We're going to do races around the country and rides and have light influence on design and engineering and research and development tweaks that needed to be done before it went to market. Uh, on the surface, this was just an opportunity to ride bikes and to meet this amazing group of personalities and even to take a peek behind the curtain and learn a little bit more about Shimano as a company. Uh, but on the underneath, I learned more about myself and my own self-worth than I could have ever hoped for. Uh, the whole thing was really brilliant, and I understand that's not exactly what they had in mind when they asked me to sign on, but uh, that was a byproduct, and I will forever be in Shimano's debt because of it. My kids used to do this thing where, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially the older one, when he was still in diapers, He'd be in the back seat of the car, like in his car seat, and you'd be driving along and you'd hear this. You'd hear that sound. And then it would make like a like a cartoon or a movie like <laughs> sound. And, and uh, all the time, it'd be what we call a breach where he's where he's projectile shat into his diaper so hard that it breaches the upper back thing and goes up his back. <laughs> oh God. He used to breach all the time. So and I think at that point I was like, I'm going to never touch this kid again as soon as I can. I'm going <laughs> to, I you do know, hug my kids now, but Jesus, I say that's, I say that's gross. But then again, if, if I could get away with it and know that somebody else was going to have to deal with it, <laughs> I'd probably be doing it all the time. You know, where you're oh just like, you don't God. give a fuck when you're a little kid. And that's just, that's just, you're just cruising Beautiful. through life. Like all you yeah. know is, is mom and dad and eating and sleeping and, and your normal bodily functions. And if you can, and probably, you know, there's probably something I'm thinking about this way too hard, but there's probably some component of, like, I don't know anybody who doesn't think that the sound of a fart is hilarious. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, if, you know, if you meet that person and I know they're out there, but they're not a friend of mine. <laughs>
<laughs> and so <laughs> there's probably something about being small and like this is this is a this is an uh an aesthetic or a perspective formed early on and you know that it's a funny sound and it gets funny reactions and you know well i so was always intr- own it and go for it i was always intrigued that like it was always preceded by that like straining sound. And I, I thought to myself, like, he knows what's about to happen and doesn't care <laughs> and doesn't care. Oh, something like we really just did this two that. hours ago. Yeah. Uh, how do we start talking about this? Um, we were talking about, <laughs> we I don't know. Cy- we I went from cycling know. clothing to shitting ourselves. <laughs> like, <laughs> we went two there. sentences. Yeah. Oh, uh, mange. We got there via oh, mange. Right. Okay. And dog licking and then projectile. Oh my God. Defecation. Get off the track so easily. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, no, uh, sunblock. I mean, sunblock. I, Hate you know, sleeves. Love sunblock. I love, I love sunblocks a lot. I love sunblock a lot more now than I did before. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So generally, like, Sleeveless. I just love sleeveless shirts. Yeah. Maybe the only too. part of my body that I don't mind showing off. Like if I could wear just wrap up from head to toe in a sheet, but I could show my shoulders off. I would do that. Cause I don't like any part of my body very much except for my shoulders. Yeah. You have good shoulders. You'd say, I think I got good shoulders. I don't say, I wouldn't say like, Oh, I got a strong jawline or I like my ears or chin or anything. I'm not partial to any part of my body, but I'm cool with my shoulders. I'm like all of a sudden, because you just said that I'm now evaluating your face for the parts that I like. <laughs> uh, so yeah, cut off. He's got a listeners. If you don't, steve has got a great <laughs> smile. Uh, he does have a strong jawline. Although I feel like the facial hair configuration you choose accentuates your jawline. It's a little bit like cheating. It maybe does. Maybe adds a little, provides a little bit of a shadow. I don't know. Yeah. I've done that since uh, I saw, I've like had like a little chin strap since uh, bike shop days. I don't know. I, just, I don't know why I the started Lincoln. doing it. Yeah. Well, for Link- a long when I was in college, I had sideburns. I had like pointy yeah. sideburns, and then yeah. I was like, "Well, fuck it." There's only like three inches there. I just bridge that gap. And right. Then I, then it was someone might need to get across. Off to the races, as they say. Off to the race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so hey, okay, hang on a sec. Cut off. Cut off Ben Davis. <laughs> Over some yeah. bibs. Bibs, yeah. Uh, I love wool. I've always loved wool. I think wool. Yeah, and the nicer wool you get. So this is something that I learned. Uh, I don't know how, how true it is. But wool, what creates an itchy wool or a wool that shrinks are these tiny little almost microscopic barbs on the wool fibers. Mm. And if in the process of uh, uh, production, those little barbs get removed you don't have itchy wool and it won't shrink up so much. Oh. I mean, it'll shrink oh. a little bit, but you know, you still like to wash a cold, a nice Merino wool Jersey in a cold wash in a machine. Um, it's not going to shrink up on you as, as, as wool would traditionally. So yeah, yeah I wash those, that. I wash those jerseys cold and then hang them to mm-hmm. dry. I don't put them in the dryer, but mm-hmm. I wear a lot of wool here because it's cold and, <clears throat> 
What I, I I think I, what I like the most about it is I can go out and sweat in it pretty hard, but then wear it the next day. Yeah. Because, because I mean, I don't, I'm not doing laundry all the time. It doesn't stink. It is. I mean, it really is kind of a wonder material. I had a, I had a sleeveless wool jersey, a Swobo jersey that years ago, um, there was a black wool jersey that they made that had a big beer mug embroidered on the front. They did one with a tiki drink and they did one with a, a beer mug. Um, and, um, I had the, uh, beer, I had a couple of the beer mug ones that have long since, I don't know, become meals for moths or I'm not sure what happened to them, but this one wool Jersey I wore for three months and I never washed it just to sort of an experiment. And it was, I mean, it was like, uh, the, the salt was, yeah. was, was dimensional on this <laughs> garment and it was incredible, um, but it did not smell like anything. And you can't do that with any, any fabric, tech fabric, right? Yeah, organic yeah, yeah. cotton, any of it. Last night, which we can't make time references on this podcast because this episode isn't going to come out until 40, 52. Mm. Um, but but it, last night I wrote for Cycling Independent a, a useless review of Lycra. And what I was basically saying is, um, you know, th- why do we put ourselves in a sausage casing to ride bikes? Uh, but also Lycra is like a it's like a filter. It lets the moisture out and retains your your like deep down human filth in a way and then just like distills it so that after you've worn it, you just smell like a dead body. You just <laughs> I don't guess I good. I'm sorry. I, I guess I don't ever really. I just I I assumed that it was there was some like wicking property or it was to keep your skin dry or something. I never really got the point of lycra. Like, what is it? Why? What? Why is that the chosen material? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, lycra is a brand name. This I learned last night. The generic term is spandex, and spandex is an anagram of the word expands. So the the laboratory people who dreamed this fiber up took the word expands, reworked it to spandex and put it out in the market. I had no idea. I thought Lycra was sort of an updated version of spandex. Spandex was like the pants that salt and pepper wore. And then Lycra (laughs) is sort of a modernized version of that. I love that that was your reference point. <laughs> you know, salt and blue. We'll just go straight to salt and pepper from here. Uh, okay. Well, shit, man. That changes everything. Anyway, I still don't but really what is understand the, point? the, yeah, the purpose point, of it. Well, this is what I was trying to say in the review that I wrote that if, you know, uh, by the time you're listening to this, I published three months ago, but you can go look it up. Um, uh, what the fuck was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> you're catching whatever i got yeah i yeah i don't know what the point is like you're getting no aerodynamic like none of us is fast enough to get some aerodynamic advantage uh, right. from wearing that stuff uh it does make you smellier i guess if you don't sweat as hard as i do like it is moisture wicking but i like i overwhelm that almost right. immediately yeah it can't I, keep up with me i would say to a degree you know it's like if you put a hose on one side of a sheet of lycra or spandex and yeah. then you um and then you turn it on like a trickle 
then it's going to keep some of that water retained or whatever, bounce it back. But if you turn on a fire hose, it's just going to go right through. And like you, I sweat like a fire hose. So then I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a soggy garbage bag. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Cotton doesn't really make any sense either, but let me, you know, why the fuck not? You get one thing is just a shirt that you pull out of your closet. And the other thing is something you have to pay for. I have this idea. I think it's a million dollar idea. Maybe you'll launch it with me. It's the shoulder chamois. And it's basically like the chamois you wash your car with that will um, absorb unlimited water. Oh. But it's just right there. So I can just like unlimited, you know, because I wipe the sweat with my shoulder uh, and that <laughs> lasts like the first 11 minutes of a ride. And then that one is soaked. And then I go the other shoulder. And then by the end, I'm just like wiping sweat back on myself. I don't even know. I guess I, I, I mean, I don't really realize how much I sweat until I ride rollers. And then I've got, oh. you know, four gallons of, of perspiration in a puddle on the floor. beneath me. Back. It's yeah. insane. Like I, I yeah. that was really shocking. The first time I ever saw that. Uh, I do. I'm a, I'm a big fan of gloves. Um, there are, glo- there's a, you know, certain gloves that I like. Turns out they're just like work gloves that you would buy in a hardware store. You can pay, you know, $50 for a pair of technical riding gloves, or you can pay $5 for a pair of gardening gloves, you know, and it's the same shit. They're just rebranded. Um, uh, I have, uh, I do have a pair of mission workshop shorts that I like real well that are a little stretchy and I can, you know, wear those over my, over my Lycra shorts. If I'm going to, you know, I don't know. It's just an extra, I I suppose like, because I wear a leather belt and then the leather gets super soggy if I'm on a long mountain bike ride. So like to to a degree, I'm utilizing the technical properties of this fabric. Uh, Yeah. I have a couple pairs of Chrome ones that I like, mm -hmm. and I have a couple pairs of Giro ones. Shout out Eric Richter. Yeah, bud. Uh, that I like. Yeah. Um, In the I big picture, the- I don't really like, I got rid, actually, you know, when I moved, I got rid of, I donated to the NICA, the high school league in Oakland or in the East Bay, I guess. Cause it was probably like 70 pounds of clothing, wow. like j- jerseys, years worth of jerseys and shorts and knee warmers and arm warmers and underlayers and the whole thing. And so now I'm like, you know, pared down to just a few and I don't miss any of it. Yeah. I, I mean, as we talk, I'm thinking, you know, like when you, when you're getting ready for a ride and you just put your bibs on, I always look in the mirror and I think of myself, like it's an old timey bathing costume. <laughs> you tore the corners of your mustache. Yeah. Put on your swim cap. I look like Andre the giant, like yeah. early in his career. Cause he wore that same kind of unitard thing. Yeah. And then so, like, you put that on. So, let's just talk about what works. You want that bib short because you need the diaper and and uh, you need the bibs because it holds them up so you're not, like, riding out of your shorts all the time. Settle down. Settle down, dog. Uh, and then you need sunblock. So, it seems like you put on your old-timey bathing costume and then just, like, paint yourself white, I think, with the sunblock. And then you go ride. Fuck it. Yeah. What is the shirt even for? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or you wear the you wear uh, like you put everything on in the wrong order or you put, you know, some uh, uh, skivvies on and then you put your bibs on over those Ooh, and then you yeah. put your, your or you put your T-shirt on and then you put your bib straps over the T-shirt and yeah. your helmet on backwards and, and and Bob's your Bob's your daddy. I'm coming Bob's up. Your da- <laughs> uh, there's a, uh, there's uh, a whole series of terms that I've heard recently and I can't get any of them. I can't remember any of them correctly, but I'm trying to bring them all to today's podcast. Uh, bibs, uh, understandably are a real pain in the ass for women. Uh, oh yeah. Because, we did you know, that show. If you got to pee, you, you basically are getting completely naked. And yep. uh, my friend Jess, uh, she just was, well, we went on a ride. This is several months ago at this point, but she had, been sponsored or was working in collaboration with this and I'm gonna because I fuck I'm like 75% of the way there and I don't remember the name of the company but it's got this really cool crisscross configuration so you can just basically like bang out the straps easy peasy and you can pee and you don't have to take all of your layers off um hmm. Oh, okay. I'm going to text her right now while we're talking and I'm going to ask her what the name of the big company is. Cause this is ridiculous that I should. For some reason, you just reminded me of this time that I was on a road ride and it was in summertime and I got a sudden attack of, of diarrhea. Oh. I mean, I wasn't riding when it happened, but I was like, Oh no, my guts. And I stopped at a Starbucks somewhere out in the 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 burbs and i did i had to basically get nude in the (laughs) starbucks bathroom and then i died i basically died a digest horrible digestive death and then i and then i was like nude but also relieved and i felt like i had done something really wrong and then i just kind of kitted back up and left yeah well, that's for, for uh, t- you know, in your defense, that's what everybody does in a Starbucks bathroom as near as I can tell. That doesn't make me feel better. About Every it. time I've ever been in there, it smells like a cross between a dump and Chuck E. Cheese. So ch- shout out to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, bibs, you know, I think in a perfect, I like a perfect set of clothing for me on like a, a crisp day. And you might be going into you might be going into the evening and want to, you know, layer up like this is what I basically I ride with a backpack all the time uh, because I got stranded on a trail one time. And I wish that I had had a few more layers or like a space blanket or some food or whatever. So I'm always carrying extra stuff. And I think a bibs and knee warmers. Great, mm-hmm. great combination right there. A wool underlayer on a on a on a warmish day, not a hot day. Like I won't wear a underlayer, a wool underlayer <clears throat> on a hot day, um, but on a cool day, a, war- a wool underlayer and a lycra jersey on top of that. Or if it's real cool, a wool jersey on top of that. And then a long sleeve woolly and arm warmers. And then I have a thermal jacket. Uh, Volet made a bunch of clothing for me for a number of years and they made a, th- a thermal jacket. It's just kind of fuzzy lined on the inside and sort of windbreaker stuff on the outside. And uh, and a wool ear flap chewy cap for my head if it's really, really cold or just a regular chew- cycling cap. What you just described, I would ride down to like 25 degrees. Yeah. 
It's good. I mean, because I sweat and I get yeah. I get sopping, and then and then yeah. no matter how many layers or how much wool I'm wearing, I get a chill. Yeah, and it's nice to have that thermal jacket to put on top of everything to ride home. Yeah, you know, or if or I get geez, I, I rode yesterday and it was I was I was shocked at how cold it was. It was a bright sunny day and it was like thirty degrees. Uh, Do you ever consider just like coating yourself in Vaseline? Uh uh. Uh-uh. Not well, no, okay. not for riding. Other things, oh, yeah. other days. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but I think that's just that's a perfect that's a perfect combination of clothing right there. You got enough for when it's really really cold, and yeah. you can you know you like my mom always said it's better to have too much than not enough. I take the opposite approach because I run so warm that uh, I pretty much leave the house and I'm like cold yeah. and I'm like good nailed it. But then I don't bring any of the extra stuff. I just, I'm like, well, I'm going to hammer until I get home is what I have to do. There's no like stopping. Oh, I love stopping. Not riding a bike is the most fun part of riding a bike for me. <laughs> like I'll ride and ride and ride and ride. And then I'll find a place to sit down and, and just yeah. to be, just to be quiet and to listen to, to listen to nothing, you know, and yeah, maybe I like that. have yeah. a snack or pull out a sketchbook or. I think that's become my favorite uh, part of riding. There used to be this picnic bench in the Oakland Hills. And for a long time, like when I was racing or when I was like fast or whatever, like it was sort of like a county line sign. I could see how long I could take to get there or whatever. It was just kind of a a focal point in, in amongst the ride. And then I got... I don't know, something, then there was like an evolution where I'd stop there and have a snack. And, and then after a while I'd stop there and I just lay on the table and take a nap. Like it was like the, get out a little airline pillow. (laughs) Yeah. It was like the giving tree, you know, it's (laughs) this table served so many purposes for me for 25 years or something. And yeah. And then I would just go up there and had a bunch of beer stashed under a down tree and I would go up there and drink a beer and just to, you know, cause I don't have any rush. I never have any rush to get back to life anymore. Like I'll go on a ride. I'll do a six hour ride uh, and it'll only be 20 miles. Yeah. <laughs> I it, like, no, I really like that idea. I could ride like that more. I need more. I need more of that in my life. Yeah. I want to, I want to say before we get too far away from it, that episode 13 of this podcast, we had Amanda K. Bryan come on and talk all about, how to ride a bike while having a vulva. Mm-hmm. She was, she talked about like, so we're talking about this from our personal kind right. of man, man centric points of view. Yeah. But episode 13, Amanda came on and really dropped the science on <laughs> bike clothes for women. Bike clothes and, and saddles and, and try, you know, the whole concept of trying before you buy and, their company's Bontrager, I think, is still honoring this uh, um, marketing angle where you can try a saddle or you can try any of their products for 30 days. Uh, and saddles are so personalized. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't. I, Jess hasn't gotten back with me. I'm just looking at my text to her sitting there burning. But I don't know. I, I don't know about shorts. Or clothing for women. I know that there are companies that make them, but even it, like in Amanda's case, nothing she could do, no combination of sh- 
chamois butter or chamois or no chamois or whatever was doing the trick for her. Uh, and so she, it was a real process of elimination. Um, yeah, we're just, we're just speaking from our own personal experience, but that's a good episode for folks to listen to, to get a little more well-rounded perspective. She's funnier than us too. She's real funny. She's got a, I just had coffee with her the other day and, and asked if she would like to come back and talk, not about really anything in particular, just hang out and chit chat. She said she would like to do that. So maybe one of these uh, maybe one of these days I can get her back. Love it. That'd be fun. Uh, so, you know, we haven't really, this, the assumption is the assumption that you have to have tech clothing to ride a bike. Uh, and is it one of the ways cycling punches itself in the nether regions? In other words, is this just one more way cycling reinforces its exclusivity and limits its own growth? Uh, it's hard for me to say but i would i would reckon that it it does make it a little bit seem a little bit more elite like either a i don't want to ride because i don't want to look like a clown or b if i need to like it's hard enough to buy a bike and then i've got to invest in all of this clothing that is necessary in which to right. ride a bike right then yeah i think that i think that does uh work against itself pushes cycling further away from people who could benefit or enjoy or whatever yeah it's better right it's hard to say because we we both you know we're both kind of in the trenches here but as a as a new cyclist as a as somebody who doesn't know maybe you don't even know any other bike riders and this is something that you want to you saw a video of, or you looked at some magazines and you thought it looked like a pretty fun thing to do. Um, and to just get a curse to take a cursory glance at the internet and say like, okay, well, this is a huge investment or my body has to look like this. Um, right. And that's definitely changing with, you know, the all bodies on bikes campaign. And there's a lot, there's a big push to get any kind of, any kind of body and any kind of person and any, any kind of clothing or whatever, like all you need to do, all you need is have a, have a body and a bicycle to ride one. Right. Yeah. I'm down with that. I think, I think that, you know, cycling spent a long time saying, telling the world, this is what cycling looks like, mm-hmm. um, which was just a garbage idea because yeah. you just need a body and a bike. Yeah. And I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's true worldwide or if that uh, is kind of maybe a little bit more exclusive to an American market because yeah feels like it because it again i don't i don't know just from what i've seen here and i was really lucky to kind of grow up so to speak you know or to cut my teeth i guess that's a better way of putting it uh with people who didn't give a shit you know like i got to ride bikes with people who are really good bike riders and they were just dressed like in normal clothes you know, and, and that was, I thought that was really cool. It was like a neat yeah. disguise. You just look like a regular Joe, but you can ride a bike like a devil. Yeah. I think I, in my twenties, I fell for the, <laughs> the, I fell for the idea that like, oh, the cooler you look, the better you are at this. Yeah. I, you know, and I plowed time and money and energy into like getting that 
lycra garbage. I shouldn't say it's garbage. It's good stuff. It's whatever. But I like that seemed important to me at the time, and uh, I feel kind of dumb about it. I just um, never looked. If I looked like if I looked like the bike riders that I see in magazines, because yeah. even at my fittest, like my body is a rectangle. It's like a perfect rectangle with a little head on top of it. Like my shoulders just go straight into my feet and I'm just a block body. Yeah. And I look at people who, you know, like super fit and there is like def- definition and then the quads are really big and the waist is small and the chest, you know, I don't, yeah. ha- I don't have that. So I just, I still just look like a stuffed sausage. I'm like you, <clears throat> I'm like, uh, I'm not big, but I am just that sort of shape, you know, I'm just like bang, bang, whatever. And I'm covered in hair. <laughs> uh, I've never, I've never been a leg shaver because I didn't want to bleed to death. Yeah. Um, so I always like, no matter how nice my kid is, I still just look like, if, <laughs> like actually probably the nicer my kid is, the more of a moron I look like. <laughs> I look like someone dressed a chimpanzee to ride, to ride road bikes. I do really I, like the idea of being sort of unassuming though. And maybe you go on a ride with some people and they're like, Oh God, who's this dude? Yeah. With this, you know, clearly he didn't have, he didn't have all the stuff, but yeah. then you get on the ride and you absolutely destroy everybody. And <laughs> my absolutely destroying everybody days are behind me, yeah. I think, for the most part. Mine too. Mine but too. again, the first guy I ever rode mountain bikes with was this absolute caveman. Uh, and he wore, you know, overalls that were rolled up and hiking boots and his bike was too small or it was too big. Or whatever the fucking case was. And but his he was real was, good with it anyway. He was so good with it. And you wouldn't look. He's probably one of the most naturally adept cyclists I've ever ridden with. And like, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like Danny. You know? Yeah. I want people to not look at me and think that I'm much to write home about. And then I'm going to tear your fucking legs off with a right. smiling, you know, right. joking or high as hell or whatever. Like, I just, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a real cool aesthetic. For me personally. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, 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 that's my take on it. Right on. Should we get to the, would you rather? Yeah. Yeah. This is, so my friend Pip's daughter came up with the second half of this. We were in Maui. She's a surfer and, uh, and Pip is also a surfer and she came up with the second question. I couldn't remember what the first part of this would you rather was, but it was so good. And I texted him yesterday and I, it was funny because the last time I texted him was like six months ago. And the last text I sent him was asking him if he remembered what the first part of this would you rather was. So this has been on my mind for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. So I came up with something a little, a, a variation. It seemed, seemed, uh, I don't know, ap- appropriate. Uh, so would you rather be able to hear the thoughts of everyone around you within a 10 foot radius as if they were speaking to you, like you could hear it as clearly, but it would be like, it would almost be like uh, you would just be sitting around this cacophony of conversation anytime there was a bunch of people around, but you would be hearing, you know, criticisms of the dress that the person is wearing, who they're talking to or whatever, like kind of secret conversations, Uh, or to never be able to immerse yourself in water again. Uh, you can take a shower, but you can't go swimming. Oh. You can't, you can't go scuba diving. You can't take a bath. Can't sit in a hot tub. 
I think, I mean, I don't want to hear what people are thinking. I really don't. I know, I think some people wish for that. Like, oh, I wish I could read your mind. I really don't want to read your mind because I, and maybe this is just my lack of self-esteem. I assume that most people who are within a 10 foot radius of me are thinking, oh, this asshole. You know what I mean? Like, I just assume that's what, and it's just on repeat. Oh, this asshole. Oh, he's going to talk. He's going to say words. No, stop saying words. I assume that's kind of what they're thinking. Um, so I definitely don't want to hear that, but I have to immerse myself in water. Yeah, I, that's right. I just I mean, even just to take a bath, like I'd, I'm a huge fan of baths, but, <clears throat> you know, because so. I guess if you couldn't, if you wanted to go surfing, you could just carry your board out to the waves. You could walk out there and put it on. You couldn't paddle out because you can't put your arms in the water, but you can stand on your board on the water. I guess you could paddle surf, which I've heard is a very uncool thing to do for my you surfing could friends. You could paddle surf. You could, I mean, anything you do on the surface of the water, you could, you could do. If you, yeah. Uh, but, but what if you, you know, if you, if you fell off your board and you were surfing, it, you'd just be like landing on a bunch of jello. At speed. And that. Right. So the idea is if you fell off, you would just like hit the surface and, and just be. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like it. Like I mean, it that might be, be cool, too. <laughs> I can walk on water. You could get a you could get a job. I see. I always try to think of like, OK, how could this how could how could you monetize it? So you could get a job as a lifeguard and just run <laughs> out and save people who are drowning all the time. But if they were underneath, like, what would you, how would you even well, get to yeah, them? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to get them if they were breaking the surface. Otherwise, you'd just sit and watch them sink. And that would be, that would, I don't know. I, I would probably go with the thoughts. Which yeah, would drive I think I'd you, have to go with the thoughts. It would drive you absolutely insane. I mean, I have a, a giant livestock trough that I submerse myself in every day in the summer. Yeah. I love, I love creeks. I love creeks. I yeah. live for creeks. Like I'm mesmerized by creeks. I think they're just one of the coolest things in the world. And to not be able to play in them ever again would yeah. be, that'd be heavy. So I'd, I, I wouldn't like to hear thoughts, but yeah, I'm probably going to have to go with the former. Yeah. Same. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this, we, we agree this week. And then what if we were like, if we could read each other's thoughts and we were sitting oh. in the same room, that'd be, That'd be awful. I was thinking, I think I came up with this because there was an old episode of the Twilight Zone where a guy's flipping a coin and he flips the coin and it lands on its side, like on its edge. Oh, yeah. And because it landed on the edge, you know, a million to one chance or whatever, it like opened up his telepathy and he was able to read people's minds. So that's where that comes from. Okay, we're 52 minutes. Thanks for listening to Revolting. If you have any questions for us, or topics you want us to pontificate on, email me at stevel at cyclingindependent.com. If you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the Cycling Independent, please share it with a friend, like a good book or an STD. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote that and I say every, every week I watch you say it like disdainfully. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to read the end. Am I really going to say yes? Yeah, oh, fuck it's again. Even... And it's, it's the same thing. I keep reading, you know, and you know, and I keep forgetting, like I skip words. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not 
Get reading comprehension. I yeah. like writing the notes because, I mean, I can write anything and then you say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, the, we're making all the people happy all the time here, robot. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, thank you yeah. for coming to the Revolting Podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. Yeah. <laughs>